State stuns Clemson, NFL wildcard weekend preview, New York Giants fans need to chill out, and some last words. The Valley Sports Talk begins right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, I am your host, Chris LaValley. I hope you all are doing well and staying safe out there. So I want to kick it off. Let's recap uh, the semifinals of the college football playoff, talk about the Heisman winner, and then we'll move on to uh, all NFL the rest of the way. So I was right about Alabama destroying Notre Dame. Uh, that game wasn't even close, regardless of what the score may have indicated. Alabama took control of that game early, and Notre Dame never had a prayer. It was a very boring game to watch. Notre Dame once again proves that they have no business being in any type of national championship contention. I understand that that they only had one loss on the season, but let's be real. Notre Dame just, they never performed. They haven't performed the last couple times that they've been in this position, and frankly, they need to start being overlooked because it's every time they go into a semifinal game or semi semifinal matchup with the potential to play in the college football national championship, they come up smaller than mini me. And frankly, it's just, it gets old. The other game was the Clemson Ohio state game. And I was, I couldn't have been more wrong about this. I picked Clemson to win the national championship. That's obviously not going to happen. And I also didn't buy into Ohio State. I, I didn't. I thought Clemson was actually going to blow out Ohio State. The way that Ohio State dominated and beat the brakes off of Clemson is what I thought Clemson was going to do to Ohio State. Justin Fields just made himself a ton of money in that football game. He was coming off a rough game at Northwestern. Everybody was starting to question, is Justin Fields really, really should he be a top, a top 10, top 5 NFL draft pick? Or is he just going to be a complete and utter bust? Now, to be frank, I I still don't buy into Justin Fields as being a star in the NFL. I think he could be a decent quarterback, but I, 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 would, I wouldn't, if I were an NFL team, I wouldn't take him in the first round. But again, that's just me. He made himself a ton of money because there is going to be a team that's going to overreach and draft him probably within the first five to 10 picks. He did play phenomenal though. There's no question about it. He redeemed himself from last season. I think he played the best football game of his collegiate career. And overall, Ohio State just just dominated Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, his stats weren't terrible. He didn't have a great game, though. That It sucked to see Trevor Lawrence go out that way for his collegiate career. Now, I'm, I'm not crying any type of tears for Trevor Lawrence. The dude is going to be, if not the number one overall draft pick, the number two overall draft pick. I think he's going to go number one, but it, it eh. Maybe. We'll see. We'll talk about that on another podcast as we get closer to the draft. But Trevor Lawrence is going to make a ton of money. He's going to be a transcendent quarterback in the NFL. So while I would have liked to see him go out on top for his collegiate career, the kid did win a national championship. So it's not like his his career hasn't been all that great overall. The other thing I wanted to touch on with this game is more so what happened prior to the game. And that was Dabo Sweeney's comments. Dabo Sweeney came out and he talked a lot of trash I'm all about it. Look, I am all about coaches, players, whomever. You want to, you know, puff out your chest and talk some smack. I prefer that you do it prior to a football game. Anybody can talk trash after they win a football game. But if you're going to talk trash, you should do it before a football game, which I'm totally okay with. I'm, I have no problem with Dabo Sweeney making the comments, but you got to back them up. You can't, you can't talk about how Ohio State should have been ranked 10th or 11th or 12th or whatever it was that he had said he he said that they had no business being in the semifinals looking to play for a national championship and then he got absolutely destroyed by Ohio State Ohio State was motivated you could tell they used that as bulletin board material I know that's a cliche but you could tell by the way Ohio State was playing that they that they were looking not only to redeem themselves from the loss that they had last year to Clemson in the same semifinal game but I think Dabo Sweeney's comments added a little bit more fuel to the fire. And Dabo's not exactly the most popular coach in the league. Um, And I get it. He does, while I like Dabo as a coach, I think he's a good coach. I also think, though, he tries to play like this martyr type of, oh, we get no respect. That, That gets tiresome and it gets old real quick. Like, that's just, no one wants to hear that crap especially when you've been in the national championship hunt for the last four or five years in a row. So anyway, 
Dabo's comments don't look good anymore. Uh, frankly, I think he made a fool of himself when it's all said and done. International championship is going to be on Monday. Alabama versus Ohio, Ohio State. I think Alabama is going to take this game. I honestly would be shocked if it's not a double-digit uh, point victory for Alabama. I just I think Alabama is by far the best team in the country. The more I've watched them, their defense is strong. They have the best wide receiver, who we'll touch on in a second, in college football. They have a solid quarterback. Their offensive line has been tremendous all season. And they're coached by the, the greatest college football coach of all time, Nick Saban. So I'm going to take Alabama over Ohio State in Monday's national championship game. Very quickly, I just want to touch on the Heisman Trophy winner, who is the wide receiver junior or the junior wide receiver from Alabama, Devonta Smith, and uh, excellent choice by the committee. I mean, or the Heisman committee. I I think he was the best overall player in the league. You really saw how tremendous he was against Notre Dame. That dude catches everything. He's fast. He's athletic. I think he's the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones. Julio Jones also came from Alabama as well, so there is that. But uh, Devontae Smith's easily a top-five NFL draft pick. Whomever it is that gets him is getting one hell of a wide receiver. So I'm happy for him. Good for Alabama. They're, uh, they, they're just loaded everywhere. I, I don't, I, I'm just talking about this Heisman winner, I don't know how anybody can honestly believe that Ohio State's going to beat Alabama. And I think when it's all said and done, Last year, we were talking about how LSU had one of the greatest teams ever. I think when you we take a step back from this college football season and we really look at this Alabama team, I think there's going to be an argument to be made that not only is this Nick Saban's best team that he's ever coached, that this might be one of the greatest college football teams in, in, in college football history. All right, let's get into it. So, uh, we're going to do two parts of NFL Corner. We'll do the Week 17 recap, and then in Part 2, I, we will, I will give you my, my wild card predictions. So uh, let's kick it off here. The Bills dominated the Dolphins 56-26. to 26. Yes, 56-26. to 26. So Buffalo, I don't know, again, a lot of people want to take Kansas City as the, the overwhelming favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know how you can do that at this point. The Bills have won eight straight. They're... They're blowing out teams like they're dominating teams the way that we expect Kansas City to have been dominating teams. And Kansas City has been squeaking by lesser opponents, teams that are under 500. Whereas you had the Bills who just absolutely decimated a top 10 defense. Actually, I believe they're a top five defense in Miami or they were a top five defense before this week. Josh Allen, 18 to 25, 224 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Again, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen would be my MVP over Patrick Mahomes. I can tell you that. You can make an argument for Derrick Henry. I, I would listen to that argument for Derrick Henry as well. But Josh Allen, just what he's done this year has just been absolutely tremendous. And uh, Tua had a rough, rough game. 35 of 50. What the hell are they doing having Tua throw the ball 58 times? 361 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. He had a rough go. The tour that we saw in college has not been the tour that we've seen in Miami. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Miami doesn't let him do anything. Like, so Tua very much has a similar skill set to Jalen Hurts, where he can scramble, he can throw. He has, to me, he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I also think he has a better arm than Jalen Hurts. But he can also scramble. And I think Miami is so damn petrified that Tua is going to get re-injured again, that they won't let him do what he does so well in the pocket, which is he can scramble when he has to. And it just seems like Miami is so dead set on saying, no, you're going to be a pocket passer. This is what you're going to be. I hope they watch the film this in the offseason and they go into next season and they let Tua do what Tua does best. Because that's the only way this team is going to win games. They can have a top, they can have, uh, you know, as, as solid of a top, defense as they as they want but if you don't let your quarterback who you just drafted do what he does best you're never you're never going to win football games it's just not going to happen but anyway buffalo I, I, buffalo is my overwhelming favorite to make it to the super bowl by the way in the afc i, I said it last week i'm going to say it every week i i don't know how you can take the bills as the overall favorite they are just tremendous the rams outlast the cardinals 18 to 7 this game sucked 
to watch. My God, was this game brutal to watch. It didn't help that Kyler Murray got injured early. Um, Look, Murray, I think, has been injured for a while. Uh, He looked injured against the Patriots a few weeks back. He just, he was terrible. They brought in some dude named Strevler or yeah, Strev, Strevler. I, I've never heard of him. He was 11 of 16, one touchdown, one pick. He threw a pick six uh, in the, what was it, the first the first half, which completely changed the football game. Um, look, and the Rams didn't have Jared Goff, which actually I think helped them overall. Um, they had Wolford, who was 22 of 38 for 231 yards and a pick. But uh, to me, Wolford played just as well as Jared Goff would have played in this football game. I mean, the Rams are, are strictly in the playoffs because of their defense, not because of the of their offense. And it's not for a lack of, of skill players on their offensive side. It's just their quarterback sucks. Like, Jared Goff is awful. There's no question about it. So it really doesn't matter, in my opinion, who plays quarterback for them in the first round against Seattle, which I'll touch on that game in the second part of the segment. But anyway, this game was terrible. Everyone's killing Cliff Kingsbury this, uh, this week because, you know, they had the opportunity uh, to make the playoffs and they didn't. Look... As soon as Kyler Murray goes out, the season's over. Even if even if the Cardinals had and Kyler Murray did come back into the game, he was eight of eleven for eighty-seven yards. But even if Kyler Murray goes into the playoffs, if he's not one hundred percent healthy, they're going to get dominated anyway. They they would be in the spot that the Bears are in, and they would have to take on New Orleans. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat New Orleans with an injured Kyler Murray. There's no chance you're gonna get blown out. So look, everyone who wants to heap just all of this blame on on the coach and just say, look, he's overrated. He's this, he's that. This team has overperformed over the past two years. Now, I understand they fell apart down the stretch, and I get that, and they, they had some inexcusable losses. I'm not going to argue that. But you can't just blame it on the coach. It's not just on the coach that the team underperformed. Kyler Murray had some rough games down the stretch. Like, he did not play well. He was my MVP, like, week eight, week nine. I was all about Kyler Murray being the MVP. That was me overreaching tremendously. It's also because I am a huge Kyler Murray fan. But to just all of a sudden be like, oh, the coach is overrated, Kyler Murray's overrated, everybody hating on the Cardinals right now is just, it's just silly. I think the Cardinals are going, they're going to be contenders next season. It's just they, they didn't have it. It wasn't in the cards for them. Had they won this football game, they would be in the playoffs. So Kyler Murray getting injured, just it, it just wasn't meant to be this season. I mean, that's how I look at it anyway. Um, but yeah, killing Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray this week is just, is just stupid. The Titans survived a very close game against the Texans, which shouldn't have been a close game at all. It's, it's the freaking Texans. Uh, 41 to 38. So a couple things. Um, Titans... Titans, man, their defense sucks. They are terrible on defense, but that offense is freaking explosive. Tannehill was 18 and 27, 216 yards and a touchdown. He was not the story. It was Derrick Henry who had 34 carries for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Dude's the best running back in football, no question. Um, I had said it was a debate between him and Dalvin Cook. There is no debate. Derrick Henry for the second year in a row is is easily the best the best running back in college football. I mean, excuse me, college football. Wow, in the NFL. Excuse me. Um, Titans are going, you know, the Titans won the AFC South by the skin of their teeth. Um, they, again, they barely won this football game. Um, they should have won the AFC South, by the way. I, I think they're the best team in the AFC, in the division. Um, they're, they're a better team than my Colts. The Texans though, just, can we just touch on Deshaun Watson again? I, Deshaun Watson's a tier one quarterback. The dude does not get enough credit for what he's done this season. 28 to 39 in this football game for 365 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Deshaun Watson, it's like watching Michael Jordan carrying the Bulls back in like the late 80s, early 90s. Like this dude is just incredible. I was so wrong about Deshaun Watson years and like three years ago when he came out of college. It was three years ago, four years ago when he came out of college. I was like, eh, eh, I don't, I don't know. He might be okay. It depends on the team he's put on. It depends on like he's going to need all these ancillary parts. No, Deshaun Watson is a a stronger and I think more athletic Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson's tremendous. I think Russell Wilson is a better overall quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Give Watson another couple years and actually give Watson some some real weapons around him. Deshaun Watson can easily win you 
10, 11, 12 football games if you actually gave him something to throw to. He has nothing. He has the worst, one of the worst offensive, if not the worst, offensive lines in football. He has no receiving core aside from Kenny Stills, which give me a break, or Will Fuller. Come on, get out of here. Like, Deshaun Watson is just, he's incredible. You pull up his season stats real quick, and I know I'm harping on a guy who didn't even make the playoffs, but look, the guy threw for just shy of 5,000 yards this season, 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Those numbers are incredible. Just, like, it's insane. Again, what this dude has done all season. He completed 70, 70.2% of his passes, throwing to nothing. It's just, like, you can't you can't ignore how great Deshaun Watson is. So, anyway, Titans won the game that they needed to win in order to clinch the AFC South. Even if they had lost the game, the Titans still would have made the playoffs. Uh, they just would have been a wild card team playing the Bills rather than um, facing off against the Ravens. Uh, speaking of... The uh, actually, I'm not talking about the Ravens. Uh, they dominated Cincinnati, so whatever. Uh, the Buccaneers trounced the Falcons 44 uh, 27. Look, th- this just I just want to talk touch on Tom Brady real quick because everybody hates on Tom Brady. Everybody talks about how oh my god, he's so old. The dude threw 40 touchdowns this season 26 of 41, 399, four touchdowns in a pick against the lowly Atlanta Falcons. Who remember the Kansas City Chiefs barely. And I mean barely defeated last week. And Tom Brady dominated them. Dominated them. Again, Brady threw for 40 touchdowns this season. You know that old washed-up quarterback who everybody slept on? 40 touchdowns. That's just, like, you can't. And, and by the way, the Buccaneers were 11-5 and five this season. I, look, you guys can hate on Tom Brady all you want. What the dude's doing at his age is just insane. It's just insane. I like I don't know what else to say. And poor Matt Ryan, man. That you know, if if the both the Falcons and the Detroit Lions, both of you guys, you guys need to trade your quarterbacks to to actual teams, like teams that are gonna compete for for rings. Because what you guys have done to both of these those players is just is, especially since I'm talking about the Falcons, Matt Ryan is literally just wasting wasting away in Atlanta. Wasting away. He's too good. He's too good to be on such a shitty football team. Anyways, the Bucs um, were already going to be the five seed anyway. Going into the playoffs, they just you know confirmed that with their trouncing of the Falcons, they will be placing Washington next week. And then finally, the Packers dominated the Bears 35-16. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback living right now. Don't even, I don't even want don't, to. Don't talk to me about Pat Mahomes right now. Just I don't even want to hear it. Aaron Rodgers, 19 and 24, 240 yards and four touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers absolutely clinched the MVP. 4,299 yards this season for 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. 48 touchdowns to five interceptions. He's got, he's first overall in touchdown passes. He's tied for first for interceptions, um, meaning he's thrown the least amount of interceptions this season. And he's first overall in QBR with an 84.4 QBR. Aaron Rodgers is just... Look, no one is going to ever say that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time because if he goes down and only wins one Super Bowl ring, if Rodgers wins a second ring, you can call Brady the GOAT all you want. You can, and that's fine. And, you know, when it's all said and done with Pat Mahomes' career, if Mahomes wins a couple more rings and he's able to continue to be as transcendent as he has been, then maybe Pat Mahomes will go down as the GOAT. But I said this years and years ago that I thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to be considered the GOAT. All he had to do was make it to one more Super Bowl and win one more ring, and he would be considered the GOAT. It didn't matter what Tom Brady did. It doesn't matter how many rings he won. You can't take away what Aaron Rodgers does. And that completely lost steam. I sounded like a moron because Brady just kept winning rings and winning rings and winning rings. But here's just, just bear with me for a second. When you sit down and you actually watch the games and you watch what Aaron Rodgers has done over the course of his career, especially what he's doing now at his age, can you really honestly tell me that for a game of your life, if Everything was created equal. 
all right, and you were doing a fantasy draft, and you had the choice of taking Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and I'm saying, let's say you could have Bill Belichick as your head coach. Who are you going to take? Because without question from me, you're going to take Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to take Tom Brady. Because when the pocket is collapsing on you, Tom Brady is going to hit the deck. Where Aaron Rodgers is going to scramble out of that pocket and make a ridiculous throw that no one should ever even conceive of making and make it look like it's just nonchalant. Like, nah, whatever. He's just going to flick his wrist and the ball's just going to go where it needs to go. Because we see that time and time again. So, you know, again, I, everyone knows I am probably the biggest Aaron Rodgers fanboy going, and I have been for his entire career. I, from my money, and, and, and I will probably go down saying this, I do believe that up until I see somebody else actually do it over the course of a 10-year career, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play. Without question. All right, that's enough of that. Let's move on and uh, let me give you my uh, NFL wildcard weekend picks. So we have an excellent slate of NFL football this weekend. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. For anyone who's a football fan or really just a sports fan in general, it doesn't get much better than this. Every game except for one is a compelling game to watch. And I think once once I touch on that that game, you'll understand why it's it's going to be a complete dud. And frankly, I'm actually pumped that it's it's the primetime eight o'clock game, eight o'clock window game on Saturday night because frankly nobody nobody's going to care about it. it. It's going to be a first half type of game, and then you're going to turn off and go to bed. So I'm going to give you my picks in order of when the games will be on television. So I'm going to start off with the Saturday one o'clock game, which is the Colts at the Bills. My Colts against the Buffalo Bills. I said last week my Colts don't deserve to be in the playoffs, and they don't. I don't think they do. I also think the Bills are going to house them. Like, this game isn't going to be close. It may be close in the beginning. In the first half, I think the Colts will hang around. But in the second half, the one thing that has continuously gotten swept under the rug with my team is the lack of adjustments that are made during a football game, mainly by Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers can't make in-game adjustments. He hasn't been able to do that all season. Again, it's because he's old. He's also retiring at the end of the season, which he's already announced. He's potentially going to be possibly the new Monday Night Football uh, color analyst, which I think he'll do great at. I, look, I like Philip Rivers personally. Okay, I know I've, I've shit on him this entire season on this podcast. I do like Philip Rivers. I always have. I think he's the Dan Marino of our generation. With that being said, and I know it's my football team, my football team is going to get trucked. By, by Buffalo. Buffalo, like I said, they are my overwhelming favorite to win the AFC. They have been tremendous all season. I don't, I, I, I will be shocked if the Colts win this football game. Like, I, I, I can't express to you how shocked I will be if it actually happens. I do not believe the Colts have a chance in this football game. I'm taking the Bills. I think the Bills are going to win by at least two touchdowns. Rams at Seahawks. Here's a game if and, and thank God, I, I don't have the ability to gamble on football. But if I did, this would be the one game I would not even touch. I, don't, I wouldn't even touch it. This game, to me, is going to be a close-scoring, ugly game. I'm not saying that it's not going to be a good game to watch. I think it's going to be a great game to watch. But it's going to be an ugly game. I said to you weeks and weeks ago, I am done taking the Rams. I'm done. Don't talk to me about the Rams. I hope they're one and done. With that being said, I don't like the Seattle football team. I don't like the way they've played the past few weeks. Russell Wilson has looked terrible. My MVP, my guy, I love Russell Wilson. My guy has looked awful. That offense, it, it, they can't get off the mat, it looks like, at times. I mean, they just, they're so inconsistent. That defense is hit and miss, and they don't really have much of a running game right now. I kind of I'm leaning Rams here with the upset. Even with Jared Goff at quarterback, or even Wolford, it really doesn't matter. Like I said earlier, really to me, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. That Rams defense, it's the best defense in football. 
And I think that Seattle right now is coming in about as cold on offense as you possibly could. And I like the Rams defense over Seattle overall, which is why I'm leaning Rams. I'm going to take the Rams in this game. I don't feel good about it. If the, if the Seahawks win, so be it. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm, this is that one game that I'm just kind of like, whatever, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not necessarily married to the pick. I don't like taking the Rams over the Seahawks. But I just think from from what we've seen over the past few weeks, I think the Rams defense is going to outmatch Seattle's offense. And I think that, you know, the Rams, the Rams are talented enough at wide receiver, at running back, to make enough plays to win this football game. And then we've got the Bucs at, at Washington. This game is dreadful. It is going to be dreadful to watch. The Bucs are, I think they're favored by like seven and a half. They should be favored by like 20 because it, this game is going to be dreadful. I rooted for Washington to make the playoffs. I am happy that Washington made the playoffs. Alex Smith is not the Alex Smith of old. But watching him against Philadelphia, you know, we have a, um, we have a group text and I talk about it all the time. And a couple of my buddies were crushing me because I, I said, Washington's going to beat Philly. And everybody was like, no, they're not. You're out of your mind. And uh, one of the guys was calling Alex Smith noodle arms. And I was pissed when he said that. Because I was like, how the hell can you say that about this dude? He's comeback player of the year. The guy could have died on the operating table a couple of years ago. And here he is playing football with a chance to go to the playoffs. And you're calling him noodle arms? You're an asshole. Well, my asshole friend made a good point. Alex Smith can't throw the football. He, like, he throws the football. He, it looks like Peyton Manning throwing the football at the end of his career, too. He just he doesn't have he doesn't have the the torque that he used to have, and and it's understandable because he you know he's practically playing on one leg, so he doesn't have the he doesn't have the torque he doesn't have the it looks like he doesn't really have the arm strength anymore either the velocity behind the throws. And as great as Washington's defense is, I have a really hard time believing the Bucks aren't going to be able to outscore Washington. I just don't see it. Now, the Bucks' defense is nothing to brag about. They haven't been all that great either this season. They're hot and cold. It depends on the week. It really does. It's, it's which Bucks defense are you going to see this week. I just think, I, I think the Bucks are going to dominate. I, I do. I, I would love for it to be a close game. I would love nothing more than for Alex Smith to upset Tom Brady. That would be awesome. And I know I'm the Tom Brady defender, right, on this podcast. I, look, I'm not married to Brady here. I'm not rooting for the Bucs to make it to the Super Bowl. I would love to see Washington upset the Bucs. I think that would be awesome, mainly because that would give Green Bay a really easy path to the Super Bowl at that point. If, they, if their next matchup is going to be against, against Washington, I mean, that would be cake for them. But I think the Buccaneers are going to win the football game. I, I, I just, again, I don't see how you can think any other. So I'm going to take the Bucks by at least two touchdowns in this game as well. I, I think it'll be more. I think they'll win by like 20. So that brings us to the Sunday game, Ravens at Titans. Here's the other game. So the Ravens are favored by three points on the road. Why? Somebody explain to me why Baltimore is favored by three. So this is another technically upset game that I'm taking. I'm taking the Titans. I don't understand how you can favor Baltimore. Everyone, everyone is on is on the Ravens bandwagon right now. It's, oh God, look at the Ravens. Look at them. They have just since they beat the Browns, they've won four in a row, including the Browns game. They've dominated. The three teams they've dominated are the Giants, the Bengals, and the Jaguars. So we're going. We're, we're bragging about how great the, the the Ravens are because they beat up on three teams that are sub five hundred. One of them, one of those teams is getting the number one overall draft pick. And we're talking about the Ravens like they're the second coming. This game, say what you want, okay? And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are fans of Lamar Jackson and think I am dead wrong about Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson loses this football game, that's going to be three straight one and outs in the playoffs. One and done. Three straight. And he has not performed well in a single playoff game in his career. It's one thing to play well and lose. Peyton Manning had a rough go in, in his early playoff rounds. But he, he wasn't the reason every single time, anyway, that his team lost. In a lot of those games, Peyton Manning played well, 
He just didn't have a defense. The Ravens have always had a defense. The Ravens should have won last year against the Titans. And they should have beat the Chargers the year prior to that. In both games, Lamar Jackson has played terrible. If Jackson does not come up big in this football game and the Titans beat the Ravens, that's 0-3 for Lamar Jackson. I don't want to I don't want to hear about Lamar Jackson being a top quarterback in this league anymore. Because at that point, you, your, your argument is going to be null and void to me. Sure, he's a great regular season player. He puts up stats. He's a great fantasy player. But you can't talk about Lamar Jackson as a tier one, even a top tier two quarterback at that point. Because he'll just be a really talented skill player who happens to play the quarterback position. That's going to be who Lamar Jackson is. Now, if the Ravens win, if the Ravens win the football game, they're going to play Kansas City next week. And if they play Kansas City next week, they're going to get blown out by Kansas City. Okay, so I don't see the Rams. I don't even see the Ravens going very far. Excuse me, I don't know why I said Rams. The Ravens are going to go very far in the playoffs. Even if they beat the Titans, I don't see them beating Kansas City. But that's besides the point. Lamar Jackson also does not play well against playoff teams, meaning that during the regular season, he beats up on the teams, like I said, the Giants, the Bengals, the Jaguars, aside from the Browns, who are a playoff team. He beats up on teams that don't make the playoffs. But he does not perform well against playoff teams, nor does he perform well in primetime. Remember the last primetime game he played against Kansas City? Kansas City blew him out. So I, I just I don't understand how, you, how you're not favoring the Titans in this football game. I don't get it. They're at home. Derrick Henry is a machine. And Ryan Tannehill, sneakily, top five quarterback this season. Look at his numbers. So, I again, I... Look, the Titans' defense is terrible. They are, as I said before, they are awful. But that Titans' offense, if they get ahead, Titans get ahead 10-0, 13-0, 14-0. All they have to do is bleed the clock out with Derrick Henry, and that's exactly what they're going to do. I just, I, again, I don't understand how the Ravens are favored. So anyway, I'm totally taking the Titans in this game, and I, I, I don't even think it's, it should be considered an upset. Bears at Saints. I'm taking the Bears. I'm saying it right now. I'm taking the Bears in the upset. I have pooped on the Bears all season. I don't like what I'm seeing from the Saints, man. I don't like what I'm seeing from Drew Brees. He doesn't look healthy. He doesn't look good. You don't know what we're going to get from Alvin Kamara. He, he got tested. He tested positive for COVID. He didn't play last week. I just, I don't like the Saints, man. And the Saints every year for the past three years have gotten bounced out early. The Saints haven't performed well. Like, this is it for them. Like, this is it for the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. This is it. Brees has already announced he's retiring. This is it. And and honestly, I think it's going out with a dud, man. I don't think it's going out with a bang. I think this is it. I, I, you don't know what Bears team you're going to get. But to be honest with you, the Bears over the past few weeks, to me, have been more impressive than what I've seen from the Saints. And I'm taking the Bears in the upset. I think it's going to be a close football game, but I think the Bears can win it. I think the Bears can win a close football game. You know, you can hate on Mitch Trubisky all you want, and I'm not necessarily a Mitch Trubisky fan. But you know what? I like that. And the Bears' defense is top five. Yeah, top five defense, man. Top five defense. The Saints' defense is tremendous too. I think the Saints' defense is like second overall. They might be third. Saints' defense is good too. But that offense. Eh, it's hit or miss. And I just think if we're going to go in totality of offenses, which offenses have been more, more impressive? Take away Alvin Kamara's six-touchdown game a couple weeks ago. That was just stupid. But aside from that, if you really just totality, you just look at the skill players, you look at the way the quarterbacks have been playing, the Bears, to me, are the better football team right now. So I'm, I'm going to take the Bears in the upset. And I could completely eat my words, and the Saints could blow out the Bears at home. And frankly, that would be a great story. Drew Brees... Comes into the playoffs, completely blows out his opponent. That would be an awesome story. I just don't see it. So, again, I'm taking the Bears in the upset. And then we got the Browns at the Steelers. It's the 8 o'clock game on Sunday night. I'm taking Pittsburgh. I, I, wanted, I want to take the Browns so bad in this game. But I'm sorry, I can't. They're not going to have their coach. Stefanski tested positive for COVID. I just, I mean... It, 
I mean, how much more Cleveland Browns can you get, right? Your, your head coach has positive for COVID. You guys finally make it to the playoffs, and you can't even freaking be there on your first playoff game in God knows how 20-something years. I just I like Pittsburgh. I, I don't like Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I don't like the way that they've played overall, but I like Pittsburgh over Cleveland. Again, Cleveland struggled last week. They had to win that football game to make it to the playoffs, and they struggled against Mason Rudolph. How the hell are you going to fare against Big Ben? Mike Tomlin is is one of the best coaches in football. I think he's just going eat like and, and the Steelers are, are just they're just to me, they have the experience necessary. The Browns don't. I think the Browns are just going to be they're gonna come out swinging, and I just think the Steelers are gonna just snuff them right in the face. And I think the Steelers are gonna win, honestly, by like at least 14 points. I, I again I think a lot of these games are going to be relative blowouts. I think the Steelers have the chance to blow out. The Browns, the Bucks definitely have a chance to blow out Washington, and I think the Bills are going to blow out the Colts. So I think three out of the six games are have the potential to be blowouts. I think all but the Washington, um, all but the Washington Bucks game are compelling games to watch. I could be dead wrong about all of these. By the way, my picks haven't exactly been tremendous. I actually forgot to say my Week 17 picks. I was one in three, which put me at 29, 29 and one overall for the season. That is not good. So. I don't take my picks to the bank. Again, I'm not 100%. I, I haven't been great with my NFL picks this year. But again, to recap very quickly, I've got the Bills over the Colts, the Rams over the Seahawks, the Bucks over the, the Washington football team, Titans over the Ravens, Bears over the Saints, and the Steelers over the Cleveland Browns. All right, so I'm going to touch on two things here. I'm I'm leaning in here heavily on Giants fans right now. Okay, that they are the the reason for this everything is stupid segment because they have just been obnoxious over the past couple of days. But I do want to touch on the Eagles first. So everyone knows by now, Peterson bench Tua. Ah, Tua, my God, I'm in Alabama mind. He did not bench Tua. He benched Jalen Hurts for Sudfeld because afterwards he's claimed that the reason for it was because he wanted to give Sudfeld reps because he's just been such a great, he's, he deserves it because he's been a great practice player and blah, 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 blah. We all know the reason why he did it. He did it because his GM and or the owner called down to him at halftime and said, look, we are not going to win this football game. We want to have a better draft position. Do whatever the hell you have to do in order for us to tank the football game. Peterson did what he was told. I don't care what anybody says. I am not a fan of Doug Peterson. We all know this. I do not think he is a good head coach. I think he should go. If anybody should go from Philly, whether it's him or Carson Wentz, I do believe it's Peterson. With that being said, though, blaming Peterson for that decision, you're an idiot. If that's if you're solely just putting that on Doug Peterson, you're a moron. You're, you're just like, I don't like making the comment. You clearly don't know what you're talking about, but you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Like if you think Peterson just made that call without his front office telling him what to do, his his bosses telling him what to do, you're out of your mind. Um, either that or Doug Peterson is just that fucking arrogant. And if he is that arrogant, then he would have been, um, let's just put it this way. If that was all Doug Peterson, he would have been fired as soon as that game was over. Last time I checked, Peterson still has his job. So therefore... He did not solely make that call. Of course, he said what he said at the press conference. Of course, he put it on himself saying, hey, look, this was my idea because he's not going to throw the front office under the bus. And he sure as hell not going to say, hey, look, we were tanking because we want the sixth overall draft pick instead of the ninth. He's not going to say that. Okay. Do I think Peterson should have just been honest about it and say, hey, look, you know, obviously we want a better draft pick. Sure. I would have loved to say I would have loved for him to do it. it. Does anybody ever say that? God, no. And nor would they. With that being said, too, can we just touch on real quick how terrible Tua was in that football game? Like he was seven of like what was it, seven to twenty, seven to twenty-two? He was terrible. Absolutely terrible. He had the two touchdown rushes, which was great. He scrambled for like 36 yards and two touchdowns. But he was terrible throwing the football. Absolutely terrible. Like, frankly, I wouldn't have if if Wentz could have if Wentz was actually suited up. It might have, if you were trying to win the football game, I probably would have benched to a two. Like, if that was a must win football game, I probably would have benched to a two and put Wentz back out there to just say, look, let's see what you got because two is not, two is not getting it done. 
However, I do also understand the argument where people were like, look, you should have just kept Tua in to see if you could actually finish this game out, to see what you have if this guy could actually win in the clutch at the end of a football game. And I understand that argument, and I can appreciate that argument, and I get that too. But at the same time, it, I can see it both ways. If you're trying to win the football game, and two was playing as poorly as he was playing, I probably would have subbed him out too. And again, I also understand the argument of we should have just kept Tua in because we want to see what Tua can do if he can finish out the football game because is he going to be the future of the Philadelphia Eagles? Okay, all that being said, let's push that aside because frankly, this isn't really about the Eagles. I don't care. The Eagles are, are nonsensical in, in all of this because frankly, they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, so who the hell cares? So then we have Giants fans. You guys are so annoying and obnoxious. My God, you're actually, like, this week, you've been worse than Cowboys fans. The, <laughs> the chutzpah that, that Joe Judge had to pull his press conference or to, to pull what he pulled in his press conference the other day where he was talking about, like, the sanctity of the game and, oh, you know, as long as I'm the head coach, we're going to play our asses off every single snap and every single blah, blah, blah. Shut the hell up, man. Shut up. You had an opportunity to go 7-9. You had an opportunity. If you had beat the Eagles a few weeks ago, you would have been 7-9. That game wouldn't have even mattered. You would have been in the playoffs. You were 6-10. and 10. Shut up. Just shut up. You had an opportunity all season long to win football games, and you didn't win the games. Don't, don't, come, don't come crying now in the 11th hour about the sanctity of the game. What the hell does that even mean? And all of these Giants fans being like, oh, the Eagles screwed us. The Eagles didn't screw you. Clearly, the, uh, you know, the Eagles, they, they, tarnished, they tarnished the game. They didn't tarnish the game. They didn't tarnish the game at all. For you to make the argument that only starters should play throughout the season or throughout the games, so then does that mean that the Steelers tarnished the NFL? Because last time I checked, Big Ben sat. He was completely healthy. He could have played against the Browns. And if the Steelers beat the Browns, the Dolphins would be in the playoffs this morning or today. The Dolphins would be in and not the Browns. So did the Pittsburgh Steelers screw the, over the Miami Dolphins? Because I haven't seen that, that article written. I haven't seen people talk about that. But you're going to sit there and you're just going to put it all on the Philadelphia Eagles as to why you, the New York Giants, are not in the playoffs? Dude, get over yourselves. Like, I, you know... And this kills me because I was going into next season being like, you know what? I can't wait to root against the Eagles because I'm so pissed about the way that, again, my opinion, the way that Wentz has been treated, the way that Peterson treated Wentz and all the Jalen Hurts stuff. And I was sitting back and I'm like, my God, I cannot wait to root against the Eagles next season. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to just be an absolute nightmare to Richo. Every time they lose, I'm just going to be an absolute obnoxious jerk. Guess what? I've completely changed my mind on that. Completely changed my mind. I don't even care about the Eagles. I am 100% rooting against the New York Giants now. Just I am full-on New York Giants hater next season because this shit over the past couple days has been insufferable to listen to. The, the, the audacity of New York Giants fans to sit there and say, we deserve to be in the playoffs. You don't deserve shit. No team in the NFC East deserves to be in the playoffs. You were all under 500. You arguably were the worst division in NFL history. You were that bad. It was like watching a Benny Hill skit throughout the season with like that, that clown music playing the entire time. That's what every game was like for you. Every single one of you. No one deserved to go to the playoffs. So again, for you Giants fans and for Judge, the head coach, to act like, you know, they're above it all, go pound sand. Get out of here. You guys, again, you had an opportunity to win football games this season. You could have gone 7-10, and 10, excuse me, 7-9, and nine, or 8-8, eight and eight, and then this never would have happened. You wouldn't have had this problem. Before Sunday, you were a five-freaking-win football team. Five wins. You had five wins going into Sunday, and you're going to act like that means that you deserve to be there? 
in the postseason? No. I'm sorry. No, I don't feel bad for you. It, this has nothing to do with the fact that I want Washington to get in, by the way. Because at the end of the day, I don't care. It didn't matter to me who was going to get in from the NFC East because I thought whoever the hell the five seed was going to be was going to beat whatever team got in anyway. I didn't care if it was Dallas, the Giants, the Eagles, or Washington. It didn't matter to me. Am I happy that Washington won? Sure. Do I think that people are piling on Philly and sound stupid? Yeah, I do. Stop with this like the sanctity of the football game thing. Because if that's the case, then you could blame every team every single year for technically not playing up to their potential and for tarnishing the league a little bit when they pull starters. Think about teams that clinched the playoff berth weeks in advance. Like This year was a little bit different because really nobody clinched early all the teams were playing for especially now because the one seed gets is the only seed that got the home field advantage but think back if you were if you clinched a one or a two seed you would you would already clinch home field some teams clinched that in week 14 week 15 so then they had two weeks of just benching players of sitting players it didn't matter to them what their their division rivals were doing they were just like screw it we're gonna rest our players we don't want any injuries going into the playoffs And I understand that the Eagles weren't playing for anything. But again, they weren't playing for anything at the same time. They were playing for nothing. They decided they wanted to pull Jalen Hurts and put in Sudfeld. So fucking be it. That's that's their call. They don't owe the Giants anything. They don't owe anybody anything. You know, and again, all of the even all the commentators out there, all the sanctum, oh, you know, I really don't like this. What they did was an abomination. No, it wasn't. What was an abomination was, was Doug Peterson lying to the media the way that he did. That was an abomination because he should have, he, if you're, if you're going to do what you do, at least come up with a better excuse. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have to flat out say, Hey, look, we were tanking. That's what we were doing. I'm not saying that that should have been in the press conference, but come up with something a little bit better. I just, at the end of the day, Giants fans, you guys all suck, okay? You all suck. You sound like you, you just you, you sound like assholes. You really do. You sound like whiny asshats. Get over yourselves because you had no right to a playoff berth. You didn't deserve anything this season. The Washington football team won more games than you at the end of the day. Therefore, they're the ones who were represented in the playoffs. I don't care how it happened. The point of the matter is you had the opportunity all season long to win more football games. You did not do your job. Therefore, you get to watch the playoffs from home just like every other team that didn't do their jobs either. All right, so for my last word segment, I want to give some credit to the NFL because no one's really talking about this. There are a couple people, but the majority of the mainstream sports media people have been really silent, and we know why. But they've been really silent about the fact that the NFL just completed a 17-week regular season without really much of a hiccup. Sure, there were, you know, we had a couple scheduling things where the Pittsburgh Steelers had to take their bye week early because they did have an issue. There were a couple teams during the season that, yes, they did have some coronavirus problems. But for the most part, there really weren't any issues. I mean, I think the, the biggest problem, the, the one game that you could that you could say was kind of a joke was the Denver Broncos game a few weeks back when they had to have a wide receiver play quarterback because their three quarterbacks decided to be knuckleheads and not follow the damn guidelines. But that wasn't the NFL's fault. That wasn't the Denver Broncos' fault. That was three quarterbacks who decided to be stupid and cost their team an opportunity to win a football game. Now, Denver was a terrible team anyway all season. Didn't really matter. Big scheme of things. Whatever. It's not like it cost Denver an opportunity to make the playoffs, for instance. Then you could have made an argument that, look, the NFL fucked up. But the NFL did a great job, and no one is talking about it. I remember article after article after segment after segment on everywhere in the mainstream outlets about how great Adam Silver was. Oh, my God, look at the NBA. They did the bubble. Oh, they pulled off the season. They got through the postseason. Oh, they were slurping the NBA so hard. No one's slurping the NFL. No one's giving the NFL kudos. And we all know why, right? We all know why. No one likes the NFL. You want to know why they don't like the NFL? Because the NFL doesn't give a shit 
what the media says about them. The NBA does care because the NBA needs all the help they can get because their ratings continue to tank because, well, the NBA is run by a bunch of morons. That's not here nor there. I just want to say good for the NFL. The NFL deserves the kudos that they're not getting from the mainstream press for the fact that they were able to complete a full-on regular season. We're going into the playoffs. Aside from Kevin Stefanski having the, having the virus and not being able to be physically be there for the Cleveland Browns game, aside from that, I mean, look, I don't understand how you can't give the NFL credit for what they did. And they did this without a bubble, mind you. The NBA did a freaking bubble thing. The NFL was like, nah, man, we ain't doing bubble. We're not doing a bubble. Forget that. We're just going to do our thing. We'll see what happens. And it worked out. It worked out. Everyone enjoyed this NFL season. It's been a blast. And I cannot wait for the playoffs to start because we already know the NFL playoffs are going to have some incredible games, some surprises, and everyone's going to enjoy themselves. I mean, that's how it is every NFL postseason. Everybody looks forward to the NFL postseason, I think, more than any other time in sports because it's always a blast. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the LaValley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're there, please just check out all the other great podcasts we have for you from the network, including Drinks with Dan, Spaceball, Richo's Rant, and Richo and Lala. Also, be sure to check out the final episode of Austin Space's Pointless 64, which is currently available, his season two of holiday songs. I know technically we're out of the holiday season. It doesn't mean you can't have some fun. Fill out a March Madness bracket as we look forward to March Madness coming up in a couple months. But fill out a March Madness bracket. Have some fun with it. Pick out what you think is the best holiday song. Again, six episodes. Austin put a lot of work in. He had some excellent panelists. Be sure to check that out. Again, that's Pointless 64. You can get that wherever it is you get your podcast. And that's it. That's all I have for you this week. Enjoy some NFL playoffs. Enjoy the college football national championship on Monday, and I will be back to break it all down for you next week. As always, be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you all again soon.